Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, here we are at the end of Thanksgiving weekend, which probably didn't go quite the way you planned. And at the beginning of the season of Advent, which in the life of the church is a time of waiting and counting the days until Christmas, which probably won't go the way you want it to. Sounds like a real upper of a sermon so far, doesn't it? But if one of the themes of Advent is waiting, which it certainly is, then you'd think would be prose by now because 2020 has been a year of waiting and wondering and longing for better days ahead. Remember back in March when they announced that school would be closed for two whole weeks and we thought that was a long time? And now we're still waiting for school to open, at least in person. And then church closed down in the middle of Lent, if you could imagine that. And yet a lot of people came to me and said, but won't Easter be great this year? The church will be packed. And then Zoom came. And one of the experts told us that the next time church will be packed won't be on Easter Sunday. It'll be Christmas of 2021. Now there's some waiting. And then after a while, I started working at home for a change. And after a few weeks of that, my wife asked me, when is this going to end? And I was afraid because I didn't know what she was talking about. And, and so there we were on Easter Sunday, and the church was empty for the first time ever. And the waiting continued, waiting to flatten the curve waiting to see if the scheduled wedding was still going to happen, waiting to see whether vacation Bible school would be canceled, waiting for a vaccine, waiting for the election, waiting to see if we could go out to dinner at a crowded restaurant or to a concert or to a game, waiting to encourage closeness instead of distance, waiting for our country to get its act together and live as one out of many instead of being torn apart by sins of a thousand different names, waiting to see how history would treat this time that we're living in and how we handled it, waiting not for this new normal that everybody keeps talking about, but for the old one, which all of a sudden looks pretty good in the rearview mirror. December is always a very active, busy time of shopping and partying and traveling and a church full of people. And there's gonna be a lot less of that this year, leaving you with some time that you may not know what to do with it because if you'll pardon the expression, we've put on a lot of weight during the last eight and a half months. And yet in the context of all of that and so much more, it seems to me that there really is a chance for this to be one of the most insightful and deeply spiritual Advent seasons that I've known in a long time, if it helps me get even a step or two closer to the experience of people who lived in a world of conflict and of trouble and of sins of a thousand names, and yet they waited faithfully and a lot longer than you and I are waiting, in their case, for the Messiah to come and to make everything eternally better, even if their circumstances didn't change or, in fact, actually got a little bit worse. Well, today's scripture for the first Sunday in Advent is a passage that I've never preached about before, at least I don't remember it, and yet it, it grabbed hold of me because it speaks about waiting for Jesus to be revealed. 
It's from the first letter of St. Paul to a church that he established in the ancient Greek city of Corinth, which is actually about 65 miles west of Athens and had a population of over half a million back in that day. As I have mentioned many times before, Corinth, among all the churches that Paul established during his missionary journeys, was undoubtedly his problem child. In fact, uh, he wrote this letter probably from over in Ephesus on the other side of the Aegean Sea in modern-day Turkey, where they just had that big earthquake because he had heard that the rampant immorality of Corinth was making its way into the Corinthian church. He heard that disagreements were resulting in divisions within the Corinthian church. He heard that there were false teachings about Jesus that were going viral within the church. And on top of all of that, he also heard that there were some people who were even turning on him and doubting his own spiritual leadership. And so the church at Corinth was a, a broken and a conflicted church in a, in a broken and a conflicted world that was torn apart by sins of a thousand names. And what we know is Paul's first letter to the Corinthians was intended to heal all of that and to correct it so that those who claim to be followers of Jesus would wait faithfully and they would wait well in Paul's words for Jesus to be revealed, as I said a few weeks ago, either at the end of the world or at least at the end of your world. But what amazes me is that you wouldn't know any of that from the lesson we heard from the beginning of that letter, where Paul begins his Advent message with a celebration of Thanksgiving as we now move from Thanksgiving into the season of Advent. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, he says. It's called the apostolic greeting, and you hear that a lot around here. And then he says, I thank God always for you, for the grace that you've been given in Jesus, which gives you everything that you need as you wait for Jesus to be revealed. You have everything you need in order to wait faithfully and wait well. And so here is Paul beginning a message about Advent with a celebration and a message about thanksgiving. There was an early church father by the name of Origen of Alexandria in the mid-200s who said that St. Paul gave thanks for the Corinthians, not just some of the time, not just when they were good, but like a father positions himself around his children, he gives thanks for them all of the time, no matter what they did, because he knows that even though they weren't the best little girls and boys in the world, that God had still done great things among them and that God was still present with them and that he could still use these imperfect people for his glory and for the good and hope of this world. And if you read on in the letter, you will see that Paul does very much address all the issues that had come to his attention. But he does it on the basis and with the foundation of grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ with thanksgiving for those who had been gathered into the church that he established and with great hope that in Jesus better days were yet to be. And so today 
As we begin the season of Advent and emerge from Thanksgiving weekend, I want St. Paul's words to the Corinthians to be my words to you today. As we gather again to worship online, some of us in person, and as we think about what it means to faithfully wait for Christmas 2020, for Christmas 2021, as we wait for the vaccine, as we wait for the church to be filled with people once again, as we wait for the country to get its act together and live as one out of the many, and as we not only wait, but we also work for that day as a witness for Christ so that his light would shine in the darkness of this world. And with that call, we have the promise that God is faithful to us. We have the assurance that he is with us in the midst of all things, that we are part of his family, which he refers to as the fellowship of his son, and that he is always worth the wait, even when Thanksgiving or Advent or Christmas doesn't go quite the way we wanted it to. Several years ago, on a Christmas Eve at our former church location, I shared an experience that I had when I was a young seminary student. And there was a small Lutheran church in north central Indiana that put out a call for a seminary student to come and lead their Christmas Eve worship services because they didn't have a pastor at that time. And I jumped at the chance, and I was very excited to do it, until I realized that it would take me away from my family home that Christmas Eve, and that I would miss my worship with them, that I would miss the good food and the, and the family time together and the, and the wonderful, joyful noise of that blessed and holy night. But there I went, and there I was. And there was the seven o'clock service after which everybody went home. And I was there, literally, all by myself to wait for the 11 o'clock service. And after that service, Everybody went home, and then one of the ushers came up to me with a message from a woman whose mother was dying in a little community hospital across the street from the church. And when I say little, I'm talking about a hospital with exactly 12 beds in it, and would somebody come over? And so now it's after midnight, and there I am in a place I'd never been to before with people I had never known before, praying with this woman and her mother, reading Luke chapter 2 and the birth of Jesus from the gospel with her quietly singing some Christmas carols until finally I got in the car and I started heading north up toward the Indiana Turnpike and then east through Indiana, through Ohio, down into Pennsylvania until I finally got home about eight hours later sometime on Christmas morning because that's what you do when you're 23 years old. But I share that with you and I relive that experience in the context of the pandemic because it's 38 years later. And that night remains one of the most insightful and deeply meaningful Christmas Eve celebrations that I have known. Precisely because I didn't have all the music, all the partying, all the food, all the joyful noise of that holy night, the company of family and friends and all the rest, as wonderful and as blessed as that is. But that night, that Christmas Eve, it was like it was just me and Jesus. And as I drove along all night long, I got to think about that. 
I got to let it sink in deeply so that in some ways it was one of the best Advent Christmas experiences I had as I waited for a celebration that was out there somewhere waiting for me. And even though I know that it's hard for all of us to hurry up and wait, at least it's hard for me, and this is going to be a different Advent and a different celebration of Christmas, what I can tell you is this. When you have grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, and you know he is with you, then you have everything you need to wait faithfully and to wait well, and not only to wait, but to work and to witness to the glory of God so that we all might live together as one out of the many and shine his light in this broken and conflicted world for its healing and its transformation and its love in Jesus which has the power to go viral through people like you and me. And so, welcome to the beginning of Advent with thanksgiving to God for you and a prayer that you'll take the time and the space to think about the coming of the Messiah, to let it sink in and to know and live in the confidence that in Jesus, the very best is yet to come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.